Welcome back to another episode of the Caffeinated Christian Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Willer, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Mike Rigglesworth and Bradley, the man with no last name on the board. We're going to jump right into our conversation, but I'm just going to let you know we are drinking Unique Coffee again. Unique Coffee, go check them out at uniquecoffeeroasters.com, but we don't have mm-hmm. much time to get to the topic today. You guys, if uh, we're just doing another roundtable discussion around a square table on the recent podcast that just dropped called What is the Gospel? I actually did a presentation from Meeting on Main at Centerpoint Community Church. And if you mm-hmm. did not listen to that podcast yet, I would say pause this, go listen to that podcast, and then come back to this one. Yeah, and if yep. you aren't a big fan of listening for some reason and you're listening to this podcast, um, there's a video version that will be available on your Facebook page, I think. If you, po- Facebook, if you decide to post is it. on center point too. Uh, it's not, I don't have it yet. I don't know if it will be. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting no, we don't, we don't have, we don't have a, a video yet. So I, I have okay. the video. I just yeah. haven't done anything with it yet. Yeah. We, I don't have any problem posting it on our Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. It, it might think, be on I the think, Facebook page. Yeah. If you do it on the Facebook think, page, I'll just copy and share it on mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'll be, it'll be available somewhere. Let's, somewhere. Just, let's just say that. If you right? want to, I will link it. Link it. I can do Perfect. that. Perfect. <laughs> so, you can know what Ryan looks like if you don't know. That's true. Don't. Yeah. Just, just, you might just want to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. You don't want to know what I look yeah. like. All right. I mean, we've had people show up in our church who were listening to the podcast. As soon as they saw me, they're like, nope, 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 nope. Hard pass. So we talked yep. about what is the gospel. So what did you guys, what did you guys think of the conversation and the talk that I gave? Well, I loved, I loved the talk. I, I shared this with Ryan. I, I don't think I've heard a, a presentation that was as concise, but as, let's just say, as informative. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I thought it was very good. It was yeah. very well put together. It was very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. I appreciated how you broke down um, everything into different covenants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was just very clear. And how you foreshadowed Jesus in, I believe, it was the section of Jeremiah that Jeremiah you referenced. Jeremiah 31, yep. Where he's going to make a new covenant with his people, which I think is, is very powerful. Like, mm-hmm. I think oftentimes, uh, this is a problem that I see in the church where we we don't see the link. At least this was something that I experienced growing up. Yeah, same. I never got the link between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I had to go to undergrad <laughs> to learn that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, that I think that stems from the problem I presented mm-hmm. in the first 10 minutes of we we think we are ange- evangelicals. And I'm not saying this stands for every single one, every mm-hmm. single church out there. But most of the churches that I have experienced in my life are not— they present a part of the gospel as a part of as a, as the totality yeah. of the gospel. I think once you realize that um, there are different what what we think as the definition, the death and resurrection for the atonement of our sins, which is funny because I would even make an argue argument though the resurrection is crucial and for and and was a part of the prophecy. In order to get justification, I only think you need the death. Mm-hmm. And a lot of philosophers and theologians have talked about how when we present the gospel as the resurrection, we mm-hmm. actually present what we should present without even knowing it, mm. which is really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very interesting that, like you said, Mike, you can go to your graduate degree and realize, oh my goodness, what in the world have mm-hmm. I not been learning on a oh, yeah. typical Sunday morning? And that's because mm-hmm. we fall in the sortarian trap. Yeah. Well, and, and I think... Yeah. 
another thing that I think we've done in the church too, we've we've presented you know, bits and pieces of the gospel that are true, mm-hmm. but, but like you said, we don't have the the full the full gospel in the in the evangelical sense. And another example of that is when you look at how, and I'm guilty of doing this too as a pastor. We all, we all are. Yep. Yeah. To some extent, we we emphasize one aspect of the gospel and we de-emphasize others. Mm-hmm. Where we were taught all throughout, you know, I was all throughout Sunday school that. All right, the ultimate goal is is heaven. Now, your soul, who you are, the you part of you, has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. When your so, your your soul and your body, they're they're going to be distinct at some point. Yeah, you know, it's going to go somewhere. But the ultimate goal is a new heaven and a new earth. Like your existence, uh, if you you're a follower of Jesus, if you made a commitment to Him, your existence is going to be an embodied existence, mm-hmm. and that's why the resurrection is really important mm-hmm. because that is that is is giving us a glimpse of what's ahead for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. without the resurrection, like the death can get the justification or this forensic and legal notion that can mm-hmm. be applied to us. Right. But without the resurrection, what we, what God has promised and what God has planned and what we originally designed and intend to literally, in a physical sense, walk with him in the cool of the day, this image that we see, mm-hmm. can, it won't be achieved without our spirit coming back to meet our bodies at one point. Right. And that's the goal. Like We were not intended to be in this corrupted sense. We were mm-hmm. intended to live in this good sense with God and to walk with him and to govern and to create more people in his image, but... It's Genesis 1, to rule and to reign. Literally Genesis 1. To rule and to reign. Exactly. Yep. I I appreciated how you talked about, um, like, once you become a Christian, like, that's not it. Right. Like, it doesn't just end there, like, oh, you're a Christian now, so now you have having to look forward to. Like, there's there's more to being a Christian than just saying, okay, I believe Jesus died. Because Mm -hmm. even even the demons believe that. Right. Right, and what you get is there's the, the the theological word for our listeners. You get what's called antinomianism, mm, mm-hmm. and that's essentially it, it says I can sin all I want, I could live however the heck I want to live, and I still get God's grace. Mm-hmm. But we have we have you know Jesus. He's taking the punishment for our sin, but it doesn't give us license. To yeah. sin, and I would and, argue they have a terrible understanding of what pistis is, what faith actually is, mm-hmm. scripturally through Paul and yeah. this understanding of participation and allegiance through through the actual context of what is mm-hmm. what is happening within mm-hmm. um, scripture. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, to what I, I, well, I was also going to say I also liked how you define what the gospel is because I I know that there's um, well actually I'll just say um, uh, John Henry, friend of the show. Did a review about um, one of Stephen Furtick's messages recently, um, and it was um, yeah, Stephen Furtick was saying, um, "You just name drop Bradley. It's dangerous, and I don't I care. <laughs> I don't care. That's fine. I have, um, my, I have my own problems with a lot of his stuff. Oh, yeah. but, but I mean, it, the clip of him was um, he was trying to explain what the gospel was, and he was saying that you and I are the gospel, like that we were." Uh, dead, but now that we're resurrected, and that's not what the gospel is. The gospel, um, the gospel is, is that inf- yeah. Christ died for our sins so that we might be redeemed. That's that's the gospel. I think you defined that really well. Um, yeah, I, and you defined what like the gospel results in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think once you take a look at and you go because we when people say the gospel, right? My, one of my claims is they 
they automatically have this sort of information content assumed and lumped into this term. Right. And I wanted to question this information content because when you look at scripture and you see that the term gospel literally means just good news, right? Mm-hmm. It's like sort of this this understanding of like I ha- I'm proclaiming something to you that you are going to like. Something to you? Something to you. <laughs> the next question is what is this information content that I'm yeah. supposed to be proclaiming? And if you in if you just want to say, "Hey, you're good. Your your sins are done." I'm going to go hold on for a second. Look at all of these other context within scripture that are considered good news mm-hmm. alongside the death and atonement. So, if that's the case, if all you want to say is the gospel is that we are atoned for, right. I'm going to go, well, there's a problem here mm-hmm. because this is a part of the good news, this is a part of good news, and they're not identical. Yeah, and to understand yeah. what atonement or propitiation means, do it without the Old Testament. you can't do it without understanding the Old Testament. So, we're we're taking our sweet time going through the Book of Romans mm. at uh, at Center Point, which I think it's going to end up being like a forty six or forty seven week series. Yes. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we're, we're we're gearing up at, in twenty twenty three to do one that's even longer. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, but that that whole idea you need to understand the, the the Jewish Bible. You need to understand the Old Testament to get what atonement is, to get what propitiation is. It's Different different word means the same thing. Yeah, but I think it was a Romans. I can't. I can't remember. I forgot the exact the term that Paul used the uh, the the Greek word for the Hebrew, and it's supposed to mean the the, the center point of the ark, the resting. Yeah. The, the, I think it's hysterion. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking the, about. The reason why is I was just studying it. You're today. just studying, and it yeah. means like the center seat. It's the mercy seat. The mercy seat that where sits they did on the ark of the covenant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he when he uses like Christ is this hysterion. Yep. And it references the Old Testament mercy seat yep. that they did, where the covenant was, where the where we see the sacrifices yep. and all these yep. things. Bradley, don't publish this until next after next Sunday. Okay. Okay, because yeah, yeah. I'm preaching on that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just find it so interesting, and I once again, if anyone's thinking like I can't be saved without knowing this information, that's clearly just false, no. right? Yeah. Um, also, the claim is not that if all you do is design, if if all you do is preach this, that you have in a sense done everything wrong in your entire life. That's mm-hmm. false too. Right. What the claim is, is we need to recognize our insufficient preaching of the totality of what Scripture means by good news. Right. And because you can always get the, hey, let me do this altar call with being an evangelical of what I mean by mm-hmm. gospel. But if all you care is about the altar call, you're going to miss out on mm-hmm. all of these other aspects, which is so fascinating to mm-hmm. me. Because there's a lot of pastors that only do altar calls, but then they put in other good news and never consider it within the 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 understanding of the good news. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree. And if we look at what Paul um, writes all throughout the New Testament and all what the other New Testament writers yeah. are, are addressing, if if all that mattered was their eternal destination— well, number one, Jesus wouldn't have had a bodily resurrection. He wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't. Need it wouldn't to. have. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered at all. Need to. So if if our existence in the next life is not embodied, if it's not physical, yeah, 
right? There's some problems because Adam and Eve's existence mm-hmm. is physical. It was embodied from the very beginning. And number two, if it doesn't play into, if the gospel doesn't play into how you and I live in our embodied existence right here, right now, today, because like the, the gospel is, is to some extent, I believe, if you've really experienced the gospel, there should be some type of instantaneous effect. I'm not, I'm not saying that suddenly you're free from all your addictions well, and all those types of things. 100% sanctified or but, anything crazy like that. But yeah. there should be this sense that, okay, inside of me, something's changed. Yeah. Something's different. There and I can't... A, it should be an outward reflection. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you've totally arrived yet, but you should be in the process of what theologians call sanctification, becoming yes. more like Christ in thought, word, and deed. You're not perfectly sanctified. And you won't be. <laughs> you won't be right? yet. Because Paul, in in Romans, when he's talking about all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, he's referring to this, um, I'm going to use another big word, I'm sorry, everybody, this eschatological mm-hmm. moment where we are fully glorified, yeah. where we are as God intended us to be in his presence. We'll, we will never fully reach that. Yeah. Um, not on this side of eternity. Um, but the other thing is that the New Testament writers wouldn't have anything to write about. They would have had no reason to write anything mm-hmm. if it was just about the altar call. Yeah. So how many doesn't Paul? I forgot the statistic. Doesn't Paul quote the Old Testament over like fifty times? Oh, just in Romans, a ton. like some yeah. unlike godly amounts of quotes I where he so. goes back. He goes, oh, what about this? What about this? First mm-hmm. Corinthians fifteen when he talks about. Let me lay out the gospel for you. Mm-hmm. All of this according to the prophets. All mm-hmm. of this according to the prophets. Right. All of this according to the prophets. Right. Like everything that we have seen, mm-hmm. what Christ has uh, attained from us, is according to what you guys should ought to know right. already. Yeah. In every right. the covenant, every of the sacrifices, every of the law. Yeah. Like he's like, you should have known this, right? And and in that, and that's one of the issues that I have with some of the preachers that. Um, they're they're good in some senses, but in others, I, I I have problems with like the Andy Stanleys who say like we should just jettison the Old Testament. Yeah. Well, clearly the New Testament writers didn't have a problem referencing the Old Testament at all. Yeah, the Book of Matthew. Look at it; it's it's lineage from mm-hmm. the Jewish, you know, from the Jewish people. So one of my favorite things is in Acts when they call Stephen into when they, when Stephen finally gets stoned, he. Uh, they basically like, what is this thing you're preaching? And he mm-hmm. literally runs through the gambit of right. everything mm-hmm. from the Old Testament. And it goes, just as your fathers killed the prophets, so too you had a play in the part of <laughs> killing right. Christ. Right. And then like they threw rocks at him. So even Stephen, like, what are you preaching? Mm-hmm. What is this like thing that you're telling us? And he goes, well, I can't start from just the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let me start back. All the way back to the mm-hmm. beginning. Let's look In at Abraham. Beginning. But a lot mm-hmm. of people go Genesis 1, 2, 3, oh no, Matthew mm-hmm. 1. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. That's a weird jump right there. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. What's interesting is that Matthew starts with a genealogy. Yep. And now, if you look at a gospel, say like the gospel of Mark, it doesn't start there, but it does use does the language it. At mm-hmm. the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it does allude to it. Mm-hmm. Colossians so, talks about like, Colossians from does the very beginning. Look at this oh, yeah. person who it was. So. Oh yeah, but again, it comes back to like we need to have some, which is why I appreciated your talk. Mm-hmm. We need to have some grasp of what's happening in the Old Testament story to um, to understand why Jesus came. Yeah. Well, I mean, even understand the birth of Jesus Christ. I mean, like the whole 
beginning of Matthew has like 200 years of like, hey, you, you probably like, because the book of Matthew is written for the Jewish people. Yep. Um, so the, the book of Matthew assumes that you already know this 200 years, like the Maccabees revolution and onward. It assumes that you already know about all this stuff. So to understand it makes Matthew seem like it's like way bigger than it actually like appears on the paper. Like the genealogy yeah. is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you start reading it and you're like, this doesn't seem all that exciting, but to the Jewish person, oh, to the I know. first century oh, Jew, yeah. it's like, oh, that's what this means? Mm-hmm. As soon as Jesus said he was Christ or this Daniel figure, mm-hmm. everything, not just that he was going to save him from the sins, but he was like as king and ruler and Lord and has all authority of the entire creation, creative order and everything he was going to do, it immediately would snap into their mind that's what he is referring to. Yep. And that's what Christ means, like mm-hmm. all of these things. Mm-hmm. And we, when we recognize Christ, most of the time it's like, well, he died for us. It's like, yeah, can you, yeah. what else? Yeah. I always mm-hmm. ask like, I always ask people like, yeah, mm-hmm. what else? Mm-hmm. This is a good idea, no, but what else? Mm-hmm. And if, if you can't give me anything else, I'm going to be like, I, I think you have the wrong definition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's uh, important to understand the entirety yeah. because there is a problem and Jesus yeah. is the resolution to it. And if, and if the gospel is just something that you experienced at one point in your life, if it's not something that you're continually uh, being transformed by and shaped mm-hmm. by, you have the wrong gospel. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not the gospel of Jesus. That's not exactly. It's an. It's, it's an inc- it could be an incomplete. Um, it's incomplete gospel, or it could be an entirely wrong gospel. But it's not the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and what we've made it about, like you said, it, we we've we're satirians, where we're focused on getting our heaven ticket punched, but are we really focused on living the life of a of a Christ follower now? And I think one of the things that we're discovering, particularly in the Western Church, is that we've done a really poor job of discipleship. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's well, so, it's know. so interesting too because Bates has a great book on this. And he talks about when we understand discipleship, what we what we assume sort of in our Western culture is like we believe these things. Mm-hmm. Like we believe as the disciples believed. But when you understand the Jewish concept of what it means to be a disciple, it, it, the better almost a better translation is apprentice. Yeah. And a, apprenticeship means something wholly different than just believing what the disciples believe. The apprenticeship requires uh, specific things in order to be an apprentice. And in first, this just Jewish understanding, they would have recognized when you say disciple, I mean this. Right. And we oftentimes get things just so wrong mm-hmm. in our understanding of these terms that we, we fail to continue and to follow and to act and to learn and to, he's our mentor. Yeah. And we've, and we've ended, <clears throat> we've ended discipleship with, I read my Bible. I pray, I go to church on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, well, I feel like <laughs> you know? I feel like the other thing too is it starts off as a discipleship, um, but then eventually it turns into a friendship. Like I, I feel like the yeah. longer that you he are a disciple friends, yeah, of Jesus, the like the um, the more it, it goes from okay, I'm gonna I have to do this, this, this to oh, like God, what do you think about this? Like it just like it becomes like mm-hmm. natural. It becomes a natural part of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so fascinating to me. We read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it's like this: these multiple 
angles and views of what the gospel mm-hmm. is. It's not like four different gospels. It's right. like four vantage points of one story that they are yes. being told. And we, we, it's so, it's so strange to me because when we read these, we're like, okay, we need to be Christ-like when how we talk to someone who's angry at us or how mm-hmm. we post on social media. But you have to understand, like when we gather what sin did in the beginning, it broke creation. It changed it in a real way of a physical tangibleness where we are now inputting things into reality that shouldn't have been falsehoods are corrupting Mm -hmm. understanding how truth is grounded. Like it's a real thing that damaged creation Mm -hmm. and affected nature and how we deal with things. But when we read these gospels, we're like, okay, only in these certain big points are we supposed to like, how should Christ do it? But we forget like he ate breakfast he went to the bathroom. He walked down the street, maybe kicking a stone. Like guys, Jesus, Jesus farted. Right, and it's yeah. One of my buddies, Dr. Limbaugh, it said probably wasn't a holy fart either. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Limbaugh said like Christ went to the bathroom in the best possible way yeah. a human could go to the bathroom. Was he looking at the trees, going thanking God for these trees? Was it, was like was he thinking like you understand like we're on our phones watching inappropriate things as we use the toilet? Mm-hmm. Like was Christ dwelling on what the Father is going to do from mm-hmm. the day? Every yep. little action, like he was a human mm-hmm. that did really tedious and stupid things we yep. would never think about. That he yep. did it the best possible yep. way how we were intended to do it, yeah. and. We shouldn't just think of discipleship and being Christ-like in these major monumental decisions, mm-hmm. but in like the smallest how I park at Wegmans. Right. And I have problems with that because I just want to go, this person needs to be hit with my car right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did you just take my spot? Like, you old yep. lady, you are going too slow for my liking. Or old man or young, yeah, whatever the case is. I, but Yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a problem behind the wheel sometimes too. I'm not the most patient. Yeah, but it like, if that's the case, every ounce of what we do needs to be brought mm-hmm. back to how we ought to have yep. done it in the beginning. And exactly. that's the minute details of our mm-hmm. everyday existence. Yep. And that's what discipleship means. Yeah. And um and I'm not getting paid to um you know recommend these books at all, but uh, I do want to mention some books. Yeah. I know David Limbaugh likes this author, but anything written by John Mark Comer yeah, he's really good. is super, super practical. If you want to know like are right, you to read it? Real yeah. easy to read, but very profound writer. Yeah, and uh, it it all comes back to the question of discipleship. What does it look like for me to live as God originally intended me to live? Now we're not going to fully realize that and live into that on mm-hmm. this side. We're constantly growing into that. That's what that's what sanctification means. Uh, no, we could talk about you know whether we can experience full sanctification or not. You know that's yeah. a subject for another podcast probably, but. Um, but we should constantly be growing in Christ-likeness. Yeah. Uh, but uh, John Mark Comer wrote some really good books on, you talked about how sin fractured things at a fundamental level and mm-hmm. how we're we're putting things out there into reality that are, are patently false. Yeah. You know, we believed lies. And um, he his most recent book is called Live No Lies. It's a great, great book. book. Yeah. It's all about um, spiritual warfare, the devil, the flesh, and the world, and mm-hmm. what do we... What do we do with that? How do we embrace the truth of Jesus? And he essentially said spiritual disciplines are spiritual warfare mm-hmm. in that book. And he has another book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry that book. focuses all of that um, 
you know, it's all around the the spiritual disciplines. And he you got plugged that, that book whenever you well, can. Well, he got Absolutely. that idea from it's Dallas, book, but it's from a Dallas great Willard, book. right? Yes. Directly from he's, Dallas Willard. He's a, he's a um, yeah. So he was, I think he was mentored by a guy who was mentored by Dallas Willard. Yeah. And if you, if yeah. you want to do Dallas Willard, do uh, the divine conspiracy of what it yeah. means to live within the kingdom of God and how Christ mm-hmm. understood that fundamentally. Yeah. It's, it's an f- unbelievable book. Yeah. And to start living like a disciple of Jesus, I would say one of the most practical things you could do, come back to what we said in the previous podcast, get off your phone, have a 24-hour period of rest, right? No, not you, Bradley. Uh, just Bradley, was, scrolling Bradley through his was, phone as said, was get on, off your phone. <laughs> Bradley was on his phone. It was perfectly timed. Yeah, so I said get off your phone just as Bradley was scrolling through his phone. He's like, I'm putting my phone down. <laughs> But I just uh, got a notification. Yeah, no, I was looking at my phone earlier too. I was not directed towards you, Bradley. But the idea of putting our phone away, not being on social media, and being present to creation—yeah, the way God intended us to be—to mm-hmm. um, have that twenty-four hour period of time where you are just you're resting. Um, so, anyway, yeah, yeah, awesome. Good start. Sound like sure. Mike. I'll send us out. Is that call you Matt or Mike? I don't know. I don't Either know one. I, I res- I'm, I'm having one of those days. I respond. I, think I said Mike. I respond to both. It's You're- fine. Yeah. <laughs> I almost called you Steven in the introduction. Oh. I'm like, man. oh, man. He's not even here. He's not even here. I you know. can't even confuse just- me with Steven. Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. Hopefully, we'll get it together for next episode. <laughs> so, thanks for tuning in for The Caffeinated Christian. Uh, find us on Facebook and uh, and what's the other one? Instagram? Yes. Instagram. Yeah, At The Caffeinated the Christian Podcast. Yes, and uh, be sure to like and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast, and give us a five-star rating while you're at it, too. And if you have suggestions on future episodes, any topics you'd like us to tackle, any guests you would like us to bring on, email us at thecaffeinatedchristian706 at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.